What is going on, you guys? It's your host, David Ramos of Dab Rabbit Talks Too Much with my special guest today. Introduce yourself, Mrs. Uh, Toro. I'll try oh. to do the Toro <laughs> wrong. My name is Yamarellis. You can call me Yami. And my last name's Toro. Um, and I'm here to talk with David on his awesome podcast. And I'm really excited. Let's let's get her gun- going. Yeah, let's get her gunning. You know what I'm saying? Um, what's it? Uh, a little background about me and Yami. We know each other an incredible amount of years. Uh, all throughout, we have went through uh, individual up and downs in our life. Um, she came to uh, my alma mater uh, down in Fort Lauderdale, now called SUCLC. And we did some... Uh, we, she came there my last year. Uh, what's it? And now she's an active recruiter there. <laughs> unofficial. <laughs> trying, to trying to be unofficial title. Uh, definitely, we served on a couple teams, actually recruiting people in, I think, fine arts capacity, other campaigns around Fort Lauderdale. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was great. It was great. But what I want her to actually talk about on today's show is more just about her experience lately. Uh, she's been going through just a lot of eating and diet changes on top of what it means to be a Christian and going through, actually, therapy. So we're going to get this started and talk a little bit about what got you to basically that sentence I just said um, and talk about maybe your journey over the last, what, nine months uh, since, actually not even nine months, since I really... It's been about a year. A year. A year, really, since you came off the islands. Right. Okay. So let's jump right in. Um, So initially, um, I think it all stemmed from just having a negative perspective on things. I guess I'd gotten so used to things not going the way that I wanted them to that I started to accept um, negative um, like inner vows and like negative way of viewing the world um, just so that I wouldn't get hurt. So I could, I could essentially see it as a wall being built um, so that I wouldn't get hurt externally and I just ended up really doing hurting myself internally with mm-hmm. my own just mind, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of these things. Um, I was just kind of living it out and 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 feeling myself feel a little less hopeless mm-hmm. as the days progress. Um, crazily enough, I, I keep I say this to people who ask me because I was in one of the most beautiful places in all of the world. Like I was in the Cayman Islands and I was with people that I loved um, and and doing what I loved. Like yeah. this is my heart, missions, kids. Um, with some of my best friends, some of my greatest mentors. And for some reason, I was so sad, like so unhappy with myself, so hopeless about the world, about my future, about um, about everything. Just uh-huh. I started being fearful. I started having nightmares. I started thinking I had diseases I didn't have. I, I oh, started wow. having insomnia. Like, I just, I lived in this, this negative space in my own head for uh-huh. so long that it just kind of kept getting worse as the days progressed. And now what happens then is that because you're going through all this stuff, you try to control things in your life, right? Um, you try to control how, how the outcomes will end up mm-hmm. in your life. And I guess in this certain instance, I turn to um, dieting and exercise mm-hmm. um, to be kind of this thing that I can control because everybody says, hey, well, you know, if, 
if you can control how much you eat and if you exercise regularly, you'll lose weight. And to me, that was kind of like an input-output yeah. kind of assurance that, yes, if I do eat this way and exercise this way, then I will lose this weight. And that will be something I can control because mm. everything just seems so out of control for me. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of where it all began. Um, and it's, it's a long story from there. I guess we can go into it a little bit. Yeah, definitely. I think uh, one thing that you said is the misconception of it, that you thought it was so simple and so easy. Coming out of the other side before we get into the story or certain parts of the story, what now do you see is so wrong about that misconception that people have or even the motive behind that, that I got to lose weight? So talk a little bit about that. That's a good question. I think I think it all comes down to um, the intentions of it all. I think I wasn't very, I wasn't really sure about what my intentions were. Um, part of it was that yes, I wanted to feel valid, va validated. Because I was in such a negative place, I felt like validation from people saying, hey, you lost weight, hey, you look good. Maybe even from potential, like, I don't know, relationships, like with friends or with even like dating, you know what I'm saying? To have that validation would be something that would make me feel better. That was something. Mm -hmm. um, also, again, like I said, just the control of it all, just like having something that I could be disciplined in and be like, this is something that I can do. Um, but yeah, the intentions definitely, like I, it started, it started not making so much sense as to why I was really doing it. Like at the end of the day, like I just felt that this thing that was supposed to be making me happy wasn't, ended up making me just anxious, anxious. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay, that, that's crazy. Where do you think a lot of people just fall? Like, girls, like, with that, like, hey, I gotta be skinny, X, Y, and Z. Like, I know for, just in your case, like, being, me being a guy, <clears throat> and just putting on, like, what guys would see, there was nothing wrong. Like, you weren't overweight, you weren't obese, you weren't nothing like that. You look completely all right. But the fact that you said you just wanted some more validation, where do you think girls uh, kind of fall on that spectrum when it comes to losing weight and body figures? I know girl, the number one rule for every guy is never call girl fat, ever. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, but where do, uh, what, the, what type of like this mental impact does all that have? Um, so I can't speak for everybody because every single woman is different and even males struggle with this. So I, I, I'm excluding a whole section of people because yeah. I simply am not a male or I simply am not every other girl on this yeah. planet. But I can say that for myself, it was really, it was, when I, when I become a Christian, it became less about, like, it became less about my appearance and more about my personality and mm -hmm. my relationship with Christ type of thing. Mm -hmm. And since I wasn't really 100% confident in that, yeah. I was turning to other things, like how pretty I looked in certain situations or how put together I looked or how, how, how holy I seemed or how perfect I could essentially be mm -hmm. and I feel like I feel like I kind of overdid it because I wasn't getting the validation that I that I was getting before mm. if I'm gonna be honest yeah um, I was getting validation prior to becoming a Christian prior to you know going to Southeastern um, with you and with everybody else I was getting people in my DMs you know people who who you know were on the same path that I was on essentially which yeah. was just not this godly path uh -huh. and so now that I'm in this godly path it's like I, I wasn't getting that validation that I 
I had been getting for so long. Yeah. And so something inside of me was like, there's something wrong with me. Mm. There's something that, why, why is it that I can look as pretty as I can, but nobody's hollering, <laughs> like, mm. essentially. <laughs> why is it that, like, I, I, I had become so confused and I was like, something's wrong with me. Either I'm not pretty enough or yeah. I'm not skinny enough or I just, there's something wrong. Uh-huh. And a couple of just tries at finding love here and yeah. there and my head kind of confirmed that because because it wasn't very it wasn't that hard for me to be in a relationship before either uh-huh. but coming into this new atmosphere it was becoming increasingly hard to to i guess be in that place where i thought i wanted to be uh-huh. so i think for me it was just that that whole part of it of wanting that validation not getting it and then trying my hardest to get that validation again I feel you there. It's, it, I think it's important to also realize that, as you said, it's a lot of validation and all that. And, like, I feel like what you kind of said is that it was working at first. I was working at first. And then I didn't, so I decided to troubleshoot. I decided to troubleshoot myself. I know my primary job right now, uh, being podcasting, I do other jobs as well. And one of them, we help people troubleshoot some of their products. And... It sounds like that's what you were trying to do yeah. with yourself. You were like, what's not working? So I got, I got to try to wait. You know, you probably other, I mean, if you look back, you probably tried some other things too. Yeah. Uh, but then you saw wait and maybe, hmm, maybe this is the thing, you know, the most popular thing. Why not? And I think that a lot of people can fall into that trap because they troubleshoot themselves, but they troubleshoot themselves out of purpose. Um, because we have a purpose. Just like every product I ever troubleshooted before, the creator has a manual and so they can help us hey, like, David, they're they're not doing this properly because they need to do this, they need to do this, they need to troubleshoot. When we try to troubleshoot ourselves about our creator, then it just turns into anxiety, it turns into depression, it turns into all these other things. So talk a little bit about uh, what made you really, what's the point that made you, hey, I need to get from this, I need to go. Like, this is, like, just not healthy. Where are some of your lowest points when it came to this? Oh, like that, turning points. That's a good question. Um, I think, I think it was an accumulation of things that led to my lowest points, because yes, weight was one of the things, that, yeah. but only one of them. Yeah. David, like that was just half of the battle, not a quarter of the battle. Uh-huh. Um, my skin all uh, breaking out and then getting better, breaking out, getting better, and going vegan. If I don't know if you remember that as well, yeah. was trying to control how my skin looked, and then that ended up being bad as well and then like i said over exercising actually led to adrenal fatigue and it messed with my hormones and my thyroid and then i got depressed and then i got um and then even suicidal thoughts like it it when i reached my lowest point i guess what i'm trying to say is it was not just one thing like mm-hmm. when i reached that lowest point it was an accumulation of these troubleshoots that i had done yeah. over and over and over again to, to the point where I just, I couldn't stand myself. Mm-hmm. I remember driving home one day from like this get together we had after church, um, one of these days. And it was a really nice, just hang out with a bunch of friends. And I was, I was so tired, like mm-hmm. mentally, physically, mm-hmm. I, I couldn't enjoy myself. Mm-hmm. I, I was just so tired. And I remember driving home that day, leaving all my friends behind. I left the party early. And I was crying my way back to my my dorm, essentially. And I was was just shouting at the top of my lungs, I hate myself. I hate myself. And I never say that to anybody. Like, Uh I I said 
to myself things I would never say to any other human being on this planet. Uh-huh. And I just, I kind of realized in that moment, Yami, you're doing so much, so much yeah. to make yourself this better human being, this healthier human being, this yeah. perfect human being. And you don't even like who you are. You don't even know who you are, like who you are. Uh-huh. And, and this validation that you're seeking is not worth it. Mm-hmm. So then what have you been doing this whole time? Mm-hmm. Like, and I just, I couldn't stand that in that moment. I was like, I can't believe that I let it get to this point. Yeah. I cried myself home. I had to call um, my friends that night and I, and I just told them, hey, I, I need to sleep over because if I don't sleep over, I don't know what I'll do. Like, I'm at probably the lowest point that I can think of. Yeah. And um, so, yeah, they, they let me sleep over at their house that night. And then afterward... Um, I called my parents and let them know that I was just not okay. I didn't tell them what it was. And I said, I have to come home. Um, and then we, we had arranged plans to come home. And then surprisingly, COVID-19 broke out. And I went home a day before everybody else went home. Mm-hmm. But, like, I went, I went home because of my mental health, not because of COVID. But yeah. it just happened at the exact same time. So I was able to go home and, and get better treated and all that. Mm. Talk a little bit about that. Like, well, first, actually, let's go back a little bit. I got a question with that. Okay. So, my biggest question is bulimia still real in 2020? Bulimia, uh, bulimic, uh, anorexia, all these weight loss disorders, how real are they in 2020 and what do they look like now? Okay, that's a good question. I'd say that it's more real than ever. Uh-huh. And the reason I'd say that is because comparison is more real than ever because uh-huh. social media is more real than ever yeah. because um just just look at the world today everybody's obsessed with losing weight getting skinny um there's even a there's even a whole show on netflix that just that just came out about getting plastic surgery and how if you don't like the body that you're in then you can just get plastic surgery and i'm not against people who get plastic surgery i just feel like it stems from from something else which yeah. is body image issues or not being comfortable in your own skin whatever yeah um, so because of that, because of that whole, let me take a picture, post it somewhere, show the world my best self, it, it, it kind of makes the people who aren't at their best selves want to become that. And that, that can definitely lead to any kind of eating disorders. I mean, like, for example, what I was going through, um, I would say it, cl- it was classified under a bunch of different things, mostly because I didn't exactly know what, why I wasn't. You know, I, I, t- I told myself I was I was eating. Like, yeah, I was eating, but I was not eating enough. I was I was starving myself at times. I would go to mm. sleep with just so much hunger that my stomach was, like, Bro. begging me for food. I wouldn't eat. And, and you know, and there's even this thing now called ortho... Ortho... I can't even say it. Ortho... I can't say it. Ortho. Orthorexia. There you go. Oh, my God. Which is essentially people who are so obsessed with eating clean, organic, nutritional foods that they have this horrible, unhealthy relationship with food, Um, which is kind of, I feel like, what I was going through because I was a vegan at the time, and I... um, I wasn't, I wasn't eating meat, I wasn't eating dairy, and then I got obsessed with not eating sugar, and, and then I got obsessed with not eating fat, and then I got obsessed with not eating, like, salt, and then all of a sudden, like, I'm only eating, basically, I'm only eating beans and broccoli. I'm surviving off beans and broccoli, and how, 
how could that, that can't be healthy. You know what I'm saying? Meanwhile, I was losing all this weight. I lost my menstrual cycle for a couple of cycles. Um, so yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't healthy, but I feel like, yes, in this society, in this culture, it is probably as real as it gets. But I, but I feel like because of that, there's going to be like a wave of people who have gone through it and understand that that's not the solution and that, and that people need to get out of that and that it's, there's a better way. Like, no, like it's not, yes, it might be common, common now to suffer from an eating disorder, but that shouldn't be the norm. Like we shouldn't be so obsessed with dieting. I heard, I heard, I forget where I heard this from, but apparently like 80% of women or something spent half of their lifetimes on a diet, like just always dieting, constantly dieting. So yeah, I would say that it's more real than ever. That's Long winded answer, but yeah. Half, oh my gosh. But you said they lost their menstrual cycle. So what that means? Like you have to starve for you don't not to get a period? Yeah, <laughs> essentially oh because I was eating so little, there was one point where I was eating just one meal a day. Yeah. Um, that it, it, it just you don't have enough in your body to release anything. Oh it's it's kind of a TMI kind of thing, okay, but okay. That's yeah, right. you know, I mean, I could talk about it, but no, I no, I'm good. Yeah. yeah, it's not healthy. Like you, as a woman, you need to have a cycle. You need to have a cycle. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm gonna leave it to WebMD to teach me that later, why <laughs> or my girlfriend. But um, because all I hear is just people are like, oh my gosh, I'm up here. But apparently, it's it's necessary. It so, is. So it, yeah. And we ain't gonna go into exactly why, but I will also want to comment on the whole comparison thing. Uh-huh. Uh, I always tell people, we're gonna go on social media and look up fit people. Always do it with a chicken leg in one hand and do it with a Jolly Rancher in the next because that will make you. I always think is if I'm eating and I see fit people, I end up feeling sorry for them. I'm like, whoa, I got this whole chicken leg right next <laughs> to me. And it's funny because I, t- I was preaching to my girl, what was I preaching to her about? I was something cutting about cutting foods but then i realized what my dad told me uh before uh rest in peace to the legend but i will say this he said that you listen these doctors and i love doctors don't get me wrong i know a lot of future doctors listening to this but he said these doctors said don't eat red meat he said listen if i'm gonna die i'm gonna die happy you know what i'm saying (laughs) i'm gonna eat some red meat and he did you know so listen, I tell people like, hey, if you're gonna look at people like dieting X Y Z, I eat. I know I eat sometimes too much to be honest. Like I, w- I just went grocery shopping. I'm usually eating. It's funny because people are like, girls are like, what? Eighty percent is on a diet half their life. Mm-hmm. I feel like half my life I'm eating. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> half my day I'm literally eating. Like I take a bag of chips to my room and bring it back empty every single day. Like yeah, you know, but. Yeah. I think my uh, my next question is definitely how was like treatment for you as a as a Christian? How was uh, to go out and be like, yeah, I'm doing therapy because let me tell you this: like a lot of people, and we live in a very how do you say uh, how do you say? I want to say the church, but a lot of people who call themselves Christians in this day of age. And it's always been this. Actually, I can't say this day and age. It's been this since Churchill, since World War One, since co- colonialism. Uh, quote unquote, a lot of Christians have beliefs that are not of God. Mm-hmm. I guess mm-hmm. um, the majority of Christians, the Christian leaders, X, Y, Z. And this is not an anti-church message. It just a lot of stigmas and stereotypes have been placed in the church. Yeah. 
Um, and these come, and now we live in an age where Christian automatically means you're aligned to a political party, mm-hmm. um, yeah. which is terrible. I know yeah. a lot of part of that, uh, I guess the most perverted, I guess, quote unquote, dub Christian belief is that if you have Jesus, then you don't need therapy. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. Jesus is supposed to be enough. And sometimes I do think that people take the context and what Jesus came here down for our c- complete context. And this comes off people reading the Bible in fragments because their Christianity is fragmented when you just... <laughs> I'm a huge believer. If you're going to read the Bible, read the whole thing. I don't believe in a fragmented faith, but really, or even just talking about it, um... I, that's something I had to come to terms with before I even started this podcast. Yeah. Um, I didn't want no part, no thing to be edged out. But that's my point, though, is like, okay, how does someone as a Christian deal with that? Because I know you have heard it before. Like, yeah. Christians, therapy, what? Jesus ain't enough for y'all? That's for the unsaved. That's for the world. Mm. That's for all this psychological stuff. So yeah. how was it, like, for you? Like, I guess you can talk about before... Yeah. What was your preconceptions of it and also just being in it? Okay, so that's a good question, too. Um, I, when I first got to the place where it was really bad, um, I had to definitely make the decision to actively ask for help, um, which is hard, especially because there is a stigma in the church. Even though it's not said, you know it's there. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the stigma. And um, so... To get to that point, I feel like I could have reached out sooner mm-hmm. if I had just been more confident in that I would get the help that I needed. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wasn't sure that I would that it would be accepted, that I would be able to to actually go in depth with someone like a Christian counselor about what I was feeling. Do they do they think de- depression is valid? Do they think anxiety is valid? Do do they think that an eating disorder is valid if I have Christ? You know, I just there were all those questions were running through my head like. Am I, am I, is there something really wrong with me because I have Jesus and yet I'm feeling this way? Like, you know, like I, I denied it for so long and, but then I definitely had to get to the point where I was like, okay, yeah, if I don't, if I don't seek help, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so it definitely just the, the moment that I decided I need to do that, I was just sitting in, in the kitchen with my family and I was just so sad. And I remember just starting to cry while we were serving dinner. And I just kept crying and kept crying. And then they just were like holding me. And then I started hyperventilating. And I think I had a full panic attack at that point. And I just said, I need, I need, I need someone. I need, yeah. I need to talk to someone. I'm not okay. I'm having bad thoughts. I need to see someone. Um, thank God my parents were just like, we'll do whatever it takes at this point. Like, we hate seeing you like this. Um, so I actually reached out... To I reached out to multiple people, not just, um, not just like a therapist, for example. Um, although my mom, um, I'm fortunate enough to have a mom who, who's working right now during COVID. I know a lot of people don't, don't have jobs and whatnot, but she's working and she has a good, um, what's it called? Insurance and whatnot. And they actually were willing to give six free sessions to any member of the family. Um, to people who were suffering with like anxiety and depression due to COVID or even before COVID. So thank God I told my mom and she was like, Hey, I know exactly what we can do. Um, so I was, I, I was happy about that. Also nervous. And then I actually spoke to a lady from my home church, um, who is a Christian counselor. Mm -hmm. And then I even spoke to a worship leader. That's been a longtime family friend who suffered with depression and anxiety. Oh, wow. 
Um, and then I, I, I mean, I did what I, I am the kind of person who I don't want to stay somewhere for too long. Like once I decided that I, I needed help, I was like, I'm getting this help. I don't want to be depressed anymore. I want to get yeah. out of this. I want to be myself. I want to be, I want to be joyful. You know what I'm saying? I was like, I, I'm doing whatever it takes to get out of this. Um, so, um, definitely speaking to the Christian counselor, I was kind of reserved at times. Um, cause again, I said I had therapist, a Christian counselor, and then the other lady. But when I went to the Christian counselor, there was things that I wasn't, I wasn't being completely open with. Um, because I just, I didn't know how far I could go. Yeah. I don't know if that makes sense. No, like there's just a kind of like, you kind of hold back a little cause you yeah. don't want them to think you're crazy. I don't know. Um, but she helped me so much just to understand that I needed the Lord during this time and not to think that it was solely like, um, like it was solely like this, like the, what she was trying to tell me was that the Lord is still here. The Lord can help you. And yes, you're going to need help, but that doesn't mean the Lord has left you. Yeah. And, and he's going to be there with you. And she gave me verses and she gave me prayers and it was amazing. Mm. Um, and then with the therapist now, um, she gave me very um, practical steps so that I could actually, even homework sheets. She gave me homework mm. sheets. She gave me like um, a journal that I had to yeah. write in and things like that. Um, but I feel like combining the two in the future would be essential. Yeah. Let me try to explain myself because I feel like with the Christian counseling, I got all the spiritual advice that I could possibly get, and it was amazing. Uh -huh. And with the therapist, I got all the therapy, mental, psychological advice I could get, and it was amazing. And and they they never really crossed path crossed cross crossed paths. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> they never really coincided, and I got amazing things from both of them. And I was able to combine them and mm. kind of really get as much spiritual help as I needed and as much practical help mm -hmm. as I needed. And I feel like that's really what was the best possible thing for me. Mm. Um, I feel like a lot of times, um, there's a lot of psychology that gets just pushed to the side yeah. when it comes to just strictly like Christian counseling, for example. Yeah. Um, but I feel like they definitely can coincide. And I think one of the stigmas is that somebody who's really, who really knows about psychology and really knows the science of the human brain, yeah. they're going to think that you're going to think as someone going in that, Oh, they're probably going to question my beliefs or mm. they're probably going to make me do things or say yeah. things that are not anti-Christian yeah. or, and that's not, that's not the case. Mm. That's, they're just giving you really helpful and practical things to do in order to cope with what you're feeling. Um, and I feel like everybody should go to therapy, not just people who mm. are stuff. I feel like these things should be taught in school, if, if anything. People need to grow emotionally. People know, need to know how to handle their feelings, how to, how to know when something's just a thought and, and when, it's, when it's something real. They have to understand that sometimes there is just something going on with your body. And it's not always something going on, um, you know, Am I making sense? No, no, you're making sense. <laughs> it's just, like, it is. And I'll, I'll say this, too. I think mental health is important for everyone. Mm -hmm. um, mental health is crazy important for everyone. Um, I'm going to say this. You yeah. know, 
God bless America. God bless this great country. I don't care if you're Democrat, Republican. I don't care because guess what? There's one common thing that I I, I, I took a deep look and deep reflection. I'll be like, dang, there's this quote-unquote political season, you know, what are you going to do um, to really impact? And outside of, I guess, political preference, X, Y, Z, because no matter which one you pick, you're always wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm always on the wrong side of some type of culture. So who cares what's the most popular one? But I'm going to say this, uh, and I'm not going to be real careful with my world words because I feel like one thing that we learn in America is we learn how to do transactions. We learn deals. Okay. We learn how to cre- uh, take something and create into something new. And we learn how to do that day in and day out. We learn, and then one thing that does teach us as well is how to get more money, mm. how to get good money, X, Y, and Z. You know, I appreciate I'm thankful for God for having people in my life that's not always pushing money. And I'm so thankful for that because I feel like it's crazy for when I'm the person I feel like when I'm around people the most concerned about getting money, X, Y, and Z, which is a great thing because that means I have people always challenging me like, hey, there's more to it just than just money. But America, since we were taught when we were younger, get a degree so you can get a wage, so you can get a job, mm-hmm. pay for things cash, credit everywhere, credit score, yeah. impact my credit, loans, X, Y, and Z. We're taught at a very young age that we never have enough money yeah. in this country. And that's uh, always what it is. Like, How can we get more? How can we get a dollar more, $200 more? How can yeah. we build our income? Uh, portfolio is always like, hey, I can't keep a job for more than two, three years. Um, switch over to another one. I'm not saying any of these trades are bad. I'm just pointing out what it is. It doesn't matter what your party affiliate is. You just want to kind of get more money because you feel like you're the best person to handle it to suit where it goes. The thing about this is that where it pertains to mental health and so toxic is that a lot of people lose themselves for money. Mm. The ultimate transaction that's made in America every day is people selling themselves for some money. Yeah. It's made every day in the one country that has made the most. I don't care how many Americans are in here. And, you know, when I was younger, a lot of people said all these jobs are going to be replaced by robots. Well, I feel like now they still are. Um, A lot of people are not people. They're more like vending machines where corporations give them money and they give them work. And it's not who we are. Mm -hmm. We're not human. You can act like that all day. Robots you can act it. like a robot. You can act mm-hmm. like a vending machine. You can act like an input-output function. You can act like this all day. But your mental health will fall. Yeah. That's the thing about it. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to say that the rich people are the least happiest, but I would not be lying if I said that did not come across my mind sometimes. Yeah. I tell people there's two types of wealth. There's sell your soul tomorrow and get rich quick yeah or how about this i'm gonna sell myself to my purpose and if i get rich on the way i get rich on the way but it doesn't matter mm-hmm. there's two types of people i see both types in the industry entertainment industry every single industry there's both types yeah uh and you can see in their eyes sometimes and you going through therapy you can even sometimes see the tormented person in that eyes being like why are you doing this for money every single day and it's it's one of my things why I always advocate for mental health yeah. therapy X Y yeah. Z. I think it's one of the most underfunded, if not least funded, um, things in America nowadays. Yeah. Uh, not even just in America, but maybe even also the world. Yeah. Because 
all we're thinking about, oh, what's going to make us more money? And then yeah. the day. Yeah, and and it it goes back to even like like when I was trying to seek control and I was trying to look prettier, do this or do that. It's it's kind of in the same thing about about essentially trying to gain that notice, that recognition, that yeah. oh you made it, oh you're skinny, oh you're. Some people would say, oh you're rich, you know, to yeah. those who are in that same place that you were talking about, they would they would get that validation. They would get that, oh, I worked so hard and I got the money. Or, oh, I exercised so long and I got skinny. Or, I tried this new skincare and I my face is perfect now. Like, we're always just seeking for this perfection, seeking for the money, seeking, you know, and, and the harder you try, your soul just, just keeps getting more and more debilitated. And I just kept thinking, at my lowest point, I'm I'm losing my soul. I'm losing who I am. I'm losing all of this to gain something that really doesn't matter at the end of the day. And my mental health is taking a toll. You know. Like, so yeah, that makes sense. It is it's one crazy transaction. Yeah. That unfortunately a lot of people do make, especially in the goal of being an influencer. Hey, I need a nice body, X, Y, and Z. This person making so much money from OnlyFans. I mean, I've seen receipts of $18 million people make a year on OnlyFans. And I, I, I'm i just kind of like, oh, my mercy. Like, not even besides the just explicit uh, adult content on there. But it's more like every single day your body is a transit. Every yeah. is a brand, is a product. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? You know yeah. how people treat tables, glass, all that? You know, one person will be like, yo, this is great. Other person will try to break it. Yeah. You know, people are the most fragile product line there is in the world. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, we were made to handle care. That's yeah. it. We were made to love. Yeah. We were not made to use. God never... God gave us a purpose to yeah. love on the garden, love on Amen. Eden. Yeah. Like, it wasn't for us to be using each other or abusing each other it was made for just a sole purpose of hey you're validating my eyes you know what i'm saying yeah. the same way that you're validating these crops you know that you're going to eat the same way i'm validating you through my love you know yeah and i think that i just a lot of people do see that nowadays so just back into some real practical takeaways you know I me mean? what would you say like are three big things that uh people can do if they're worrying too much about their weight right now anybody really i know we spoke to just a small section of just girls yeah but just speak to maybe just three practical things you can say to anybody struggling their weight i would say the number one thing would be grace um our god is a god of grace he he died on the cross and he did it to people who were undeserving for people who were undeserving and he did it with his whole heart and and i have to just keep going back to that um to that cross and to know that I I don't need to be focused on this weight this thing that doesn't matter yeah. you know I don't have to to beat myself up beat myself up if I'm not skinny anymore or if I'm not perfect anymore because I I won't achieve perfection on yeah. my own perfection is Christ and his love and his grace on me is the only way that that I'll feel any slight slightest bit of his wholeness and his perfection, right? Mm -hmm. We strive so hard for worldly perfection and we forget that the perfect God is already living in us. Yeah, oh, that's true. You know? That's true. And I I I feel like I had to really understand God's grace in order to get out of the mentality that I was in and just be like 
it's okay. It's okay. I, I went down a wrong path. I went down and I, and I, and I, and I, and I was in a lot of pain and in a lot of hurt, but God's grace can cover that. Mm -hmm. He can cover the fact that I didn't succeed because mm -hmm. in, in others eyes, they could say, well, I failed. I didn't get to the outcome that I wanted to get to, mm -hmm. but I know I have to just look at it and say, no, God is good. And he's looking down on me and he's happy and he's proud and he loves me. And I'm accepting the grace that he so freely gives mm -hmm. so that I don't have to work so hard. So that would definitely be the first thing. Um, second thing, um, seek help, please. Yeah. Seek help, please. Please. There's multiple ways to get help. I mentioned too, um, just the Christian counselor and the therapist. Um, but there's so many books. Mm -hmm. I've read multiple books on Amazon. Just type in whatever mental health issue you're going through, whether it's an eating disorder, whether it's OCD, whether it's um, depression, anxiety. Type it into Amazon. Find you either a Christian book or a psychology book about it. Purchase it. Read it. That will be a big help if you can't for some reason afford to go see a therapist or, or whatever. YouTube even. There's a bunch of psychologists and there's even so many testimonies of people, Christian men and women who have mm -hmm. gone through the same thing that I've gone through that you can listen to that he would help you and uplift you. Um, what else? Three, I would just say just find something to do every single day mm. that is good and mm -hmm. that you do have control over. Like in those moments when you really can't control the rest of the world, the world right now is seemingly in chaos right mm -hmm. there's nothing really we can control at this point but we can control to get out of bed we can step out of bed right yeah we can brush our teeth we can do our hair we can do our makeup or if you're a guy you can you know comb your hair comb your hair what what not pick out a stylish outfit you know um you can say something nice to someone else you can help someone you can reach out to a friend there's so many things you can do you know, there's so many, you can go for a walk, you can ride a bike. All of these things are practical things. You can write in a journal, whatever that you can mm -hmm. do so that you can get your mind out of that dark place and just mm -hmm. start to live again and enjoy the little moments. You know, there's a verse. Hold on. Let me pull it up. It's, you can find it. I got you. I trust in you. I'm it's Psalms. Um, Psalms. Is it Psalms or Proverbs? Hold on. <laughs> Give me one second. No, nah, take your time. Take your time. I probably mm -hmm. skip all through this, but... I'm just going to put a quick plug in there real quick. Uh, check out the blog, you guys, uh, DiveRabbit.com. Check it out as Yami is searching for this, and I believe she is close to finding it. I, I'm not finding it. She's not finding wait, it. Wait, yes, yes, wait. wait. We, we can find it. It's in Philippians. It. It's in Philippians. Philippians, Philippians. yes. Okay, Philippians. so three... No, go. it's not in Philippians. Basically, essentially what it says, it's either in Psalms, Philippians, or, or Proverbs. They all start with P's. Please forgive me. <laughs> um, it basically says that we will never reach perfection, but we will look ahead um, to the thing in front of us and keep on moving forward. It's, that's essentially what it said. Um, and so that's what I urge you to do. Just look at the thing right in front of you, whether it's that next step, that next Hey, I'm going to brush my teeth now. Or, hey, I'm mm. going to do my hair now. Hey, I'm going to reach out to someone. That next thing, just take a step forward. And that's it. Mm -hmm. Just keep taking those steps. Um, and you'll be you'll be good. That'll be good. The future That'll is bright. Good. Future is very bright. Future is bright for you guys on live and listening to this. And future is bright for you, too. Thank you so much, Yami. We yeah. really appreciate you. 
for coming on to another <laughs> episode of that rabbit talks too much uh thank you guys so much for listening in the next new episode coming tomorrow morning 7 a.m you don't want to miss it it's gonna be dope gonna be great and it's gonna be amazing love you guys take care and be blessed be blessed bye